0: God, we praise your wonderful name. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy, Almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. It is so good to be in church this evening. We're going to turn to Luke 24, verse 46. Luke 24, verse 46. You know, there's times where I come up to the pulpit and I'm prepared, and then when I get up here, it's just kind of like I lose everything. It's kind of like I got a big fog in my mind, and that's kind of how I feel right now. But and that's not a good thing, because then usually I just say things, (laughs) and that never ends up good. But God's good. Luke 24 verse 46 through 47. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you may be seated. Tonight I just want to teach on um, giving Bible studies. Last week, uh, me and my wife, Uh, Kim sister Kim and a couple of the youth we went down to uh, Valley City they had a little um, youth service there on Friday night and Saturday and on Saturday we did a little Bible study uh, teaching and I taught there and I want to teach it tonight also here Uh, when I was when I was praying about what I should preach on this message came to my mind so we're gonna talk about a little bit about Bible studies and I've said this before But I don't. When I do a Bible study, I my my spirit is so satisfied. I don't feel any more satisfied than when I do a Bible study, and um, I think that's the way it should be. I think God designed us for that, and this Scripture lets us know that also. Um, You know, and we hear this being preached, and we need to preach repentance and remission of sins throughout the world Um, in the 21st century. You know, preaching. Uh, what we kind of think of that as, as me being up here with the microphone, you know, up in a pulpit. Uh, they didn't have microphones back in the day, though. They had just men out there preaching the gospel, proclaiming the gospel, um, and preaching the truth, and proclaiming and publishing the truth. And, and that's what this scripture means. And no better way to proclaim the truth, in my opinion, is to then give Bible studies. You know, to outreach and to witness to somebody and to do a Bible study. There's something uh, that happens when you do a Bible study. There's something inside us, at least for me, that I feel so complete after doing a Bible study. I get excited. I I get energized up when I do Bible studies and when I get done doing Bible studies. um, Which is good, because I believe God created this that way. But uh, one of the best ways, like I said, I believe we can preach the Word is by giving Bible studies. But there, in my opinion, are different ways... I guess different avenues of uh, what Bible studies look like. Um, when I first got into church, you would hear people preach about Bible studies and or hear people that are teaching Bible studies, and and I always thought it would just be you know it's only a Bible study if you sit down with the person at their house and teach the Word of God, but that's not necessarily correct. Um, in my opinion, you know there's times where you will see someone in a store or something or you 'll run into somebody uh, that you 've been ministering to or outreaching to, and you can just give them a little Bible study then, just give them scripture. So a Bible study is you 're just teaching the word of God, right you're letting them know you're proclaiming the gospel, you're talking to them about scripture. Uh, and we see this in Acts 8:29 with Philip, and God gave Philip a specific. Um, task to do, to preach the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. And we see this in Acts eight twenty nine. It says, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he, and he said, How can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he, could, that he would come up and sit with him. Now, we're living in a generation that that people need to know the Word of God, and a lot of people don't know what the Word of God really says. Uh, A lot of people just kind of listen to what people say, and they really don't search the scriptures as they should. And when we get the opportunity to expand the scriptures to people, and we know the truth, I think that's a very good thing. Um, But people are out there, they are hungry, and they're looking for something more than what the world has told them what religion is. Right, What the world tells us what religion is 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 pretty dry and it's not. It's pretty carnal. Um, But we see here Philip and it says the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shear so open he not his mouth. And his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip or answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet, this of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began the same scripture, watch this, and preached unto him Jesus. He didn't have a microphone. He didn't have a pulpit. He had a chariot with a man that was hungry for the word of God, a man that was desiring more in life, that he was reading. And he said, hey, I don't know what it means. Who is he talking about? Explain it to me. And if we continue reading, we know what happens. Philip gets the opportunity to baptize a eunuch, uh, and God uses him that way. But this, in my opinion, is one of the ways uh, that this is a Bible study. You know, he didn't sit down for 12 lessons in the Bible study with exploring God's Word, Um, but he just sat there and he explained to him or the eunuch, the death, burial, and resurrection. So there are times in our, um, in our life that a Bible study might just look like that. It might just look like you going out to lunch once a month and expanding on the Word of God or you meeting someone at, this, at the store and just talking to them about God, and they said, well, yeah, I read this scripture. What does this mean? Or, or what do you mean by, you know, you have to get baptized? Well, what is repentance? And you get an opportunity to do that. That's a Bible study and in, in, in itself. Um, And then there is the avenue of the home Bible study. And this is one that I I prefer. Um, You know, and I like teaching exploring God's word. But I prefer this one uh, out of all all the other ones. But like I said, I guess the point I'm trying to make is we won't always get an opportunity to sit down with somebody and teach them a Bible study. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. Absolutely we should. Um, But don't beat yourself up because you're not like sitting down for weeks on weeks on end and think when you do minister, you are witnessing that that, that's not Bible study. Because it is. You're teaching the Bible study. They're learning. You're teaching them scriptures. Um, But then there is the home Bible study where you sit down, you go to their house or they come over or whatever it might be um, and doing that Bible study. And I do prefer that one um, the best because you build a relationship up, you know. You start to pave the way and, and you start to get foundation and you start from scratch and you build that foundation up. and, and it's very satisfying, it's very good. Um, I love doing that. And then the other one, as far as Bible studies, is you know maybe going to a nursing home or the prison ministry doing things like that or the college. We used to have a college uh, ministry, a campus ministry here and we have nursing home ministry and we have uh, prison ministry. I actually I, I've started exploring God's Word. Uh, Two weeks ago at the prison, at the farm, and and we're doing that right now. We're just going through exploring God's word, and it's great. I had a man come up to me and and said, you know, there was only one person coming, and he came up to me and he said, uh, you know, I want to learn how to study the Bible. I want to learn how to read the Bible. I just don't know how to do that. And I said, well, let's just start at the beginning and do that. And the next week, I'll show up, and I'm thinking it's just going to be him. Well, four other guys end up showing up. So now we got five guys to that and, and doing that Bible study. So those are just different avenues and different ways what a Bible study looks like in life. I hope that makes sense. Um, and here's a good question I've asked myself and you might be asking yourself right now, even as I'm teaching, is how do I get a Bible study? You know, um, I remember there was a time in my life where it, it felt like every one of my friends and everybody in church had a Bible study other than me. And I was scratching my head like, well, how do I get a Bible study? Um, and at that time, I was, I was, you know, talking to people about the Bible and things. But I think that's a good question is how do I get a Bible study? So I'm going to make just a couple points here and we'll move on. But in my opinion, this is, this is all in my opinion, one of the ways to get a Bible study is we must have a love for the lost. You must have a love for souls because in having that love for the souls it will give you a hunger to want to give bible studies it will give you a hunger to want to teach somebody about scripture it'll give you a hunger to want to teach somebody about the death burial and resurrection and there's much more than that in giving bible studies okay but first and foremost is you must have a hunger for souls and don't uh, i guess how should i word this you know, it's easy to feel guilty sometimes because you're not getting a Bible study and then you want to get a Bible study kind of to clear your, your conscience. Um, but if you just pray for a hunger and not saying God can't use that to give you a hunger, he actually did that to me one time, um, but have a love and I have a hunger for souls. And in that thought, um, Pastor Polson, a couple years ago, he was we were at um, district conference in Williston and he was teaching on Bible studies and as he was teaching on Bible studies this I started I had a Bible study that I was supposed to get lined up and as he was teaching God started dealing with me and I felt a little guilty but I knew that the Holy Ghost was you know wanting me to give this man he just got out of the the penitentiary to give, give him a Bible study but I just kind of dropped the ball and as he was preaching I literally texted the man and I said hey can we meet up and do a Bible study and he's like, yeah. So I got the date while he was teaching. I wouldn't recommend that, so please don't text anybody right now. <laughs> but I, I did feel guilty a little bit, but the Holy Ghost moved, and it, it turned out good because the Bible study ended up being with Perry, and he ended up getting the Holy Ghost, and his, his uh, fiancée got the Holy Ghost. They both got baptized, and we keep in contact. You know, he calls me once a month usually, and we talk. Um, but pray for a love for souls, and that will help you to get a Bible study. Pray for a love for souls. Um, and pray for God to put hungry people in your path on a daily basis. You know, pray when you pray to say, God, put hungry people in my path that will gladly receive your word. Now, we know of the parable, and, and the seed will fall on bad ground. It'll fall on good ground, but I, it doesn't hurt to pray for God to put good people and people that are hungry for God. In your, he will do it. He's literally done it for me. And I know he's done it for some of you too. So pray for God to put hungry people in your path. And as that prayer goes, and as we're out every day doing our business, um, we must be, I believe, very intentional to strike up conversations um, and to get out of our daily routine, to step out of our daily routine and just start talking to people, build up conversation. I remember Brother Walters and that man, no matter where he was at, no matter what he was talking about, he can give you a Bible study and you wouldn't even know it. You'd be in the middle of a Bible study and realize, wait a minute, he's giving me a Bible study. I've seen him do it. And it it just rolled off of his tongue wherever he went. His intention was to talk to people about God. And he was so good at it. And the seed that he planted... We're still getting that harvest. We're, we're still seeing the prison ministry would not be where it's at today if it was not for Brother Walters and him planting and toiling that, that field and, 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 and spreading that seed. And I, um, I, fortunately enough, get to reap the benefits of his planting I believe with all my heart that the reason why we're seeing such a harvest in the prison ministry is because he planted that seed. And because we see the harvest in North Dakota is Because he came, he said yes to God, he got off his tractor, and he came here, and he planted seed. Planted a church. And that was his main thing in life. One of his favorite scriptures, at least... I think it would be because he always quoted it was, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And he would preach that. And more than anything and more than words, not only did he preach it, but he lived it. But he lived it. But Brother Walters was so intentional that I don't even think he thought about it. It got to a point with him, I think it just would just happen naturally. And he was so good at doing that. And I really want that in my life. Like, I want to go places and strike up conversations and be able to implement the Word of God. And sometimes I feel like I struggle with that. Or if I do do it, I feel like I'm just pushing it and shoving it down their throat. Um, But... I want to be like that. I want to just let it the Holy Ghost flow out of me and I want to be about my father's business and I, I've been saying that lately a lot, but pray for people, hungry people, to be put in your path. Strike up conversations. Be very intentional um, about our routine every day and because the thing about it is some of us, especially in the winter, we don't leave the house, right, for like a week sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we're in the house for a whole week. We don't go to the grocery stores, It's too cold. So when we do go... Uh, take advantage of it and strike up conversation smile ask people how they're doing look in North Dakota it is the easiest place in the world I think to strike up conversation okay all you have to do is ask how the weather is and bada bing you got like a bible study right there yeah it's cold outside it's freezing you know yeah you betcha you know (laughs) there you go there's a bible study (laughs) it's really easy so be intentional. Um, another way is, is be bold and step out in faith. Be bold and step out in faith and do that. Um, most people, I know on rare occasions it happens, if you're Brother Robinette or something like that, but I've never really had anybody just come up to me in the store and ask me for a Bible study. I haven't. Has anybody out here, has that ever happened when you're walking to Walmart or something and they, you're at the job and someone comes asking for it? It might have. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but to me, it, it never has happened. It has required for me to um, step out in faith and be bold and and ask somebody if if they want to do a Bible study, because the people in our city, they want and they need what we have. okay? We have the answer to life, um, and it's not in in medication. It's not in self-help books, but it's in the word of God. and And we need to be doing whatever we need to be doing to get a Bible study. But stepping out in faith and being bold, um, that will help us to do that and get, to help us get out of our box, okay? Because God, if you're praying for hungry people, you know, we're going to have to step out in boldness and just say, hey, you know, how are you doing? Would you mind doing a Bible study? And I know there's people like in Brother Cornwell's church, I know there's people that that's all they do is give Bible studies. But for some of us, a lot of us people here, we work every day. We have kids, we do a routine, and we, don't, we, we can't do a Bible study every day, you know. Um, so when we are out and about, just remember that God is putting hungry people in your path. Be bold, start conversations, strike up conversations, and um, not everybody will receive that. But the more seed you throw, the better chances you are to get a Bible study. The better chances you are to get someone to even go out to lunch with you, okay, Um, And that's one thing that I have implemented in my ministry is before I would ask people like for a Bible study and I would get denied more times than not. And I just started asking people to go out for lunch. Hey, let's do lunch. You know, you want to do lunch on Thursday? Let's go 11 o'clock, 1130. I've had a lot of Bible studies, a lot of counseling over just lunch. And I won't even tell them that we're going to talk about the Bible. But if you sit down and start talking to somebody and you listen to what they're saying and you can strike up a conversation a lot easier. There's really no string attached there. It's not like you're, they feel like you're trying to indoctrinate them, which kind of we are. We're just not, I mean, we're trying to show them what the word of God says. Um, but that's where that love for souls comes in. You know, that, hey, I just want to have lunch with you just as a friend. And then you start talking to them and they, and they start telling you about problems in their life and, and you can say, you know what, I'll, I'll pray about that situation this week. And they get to know you and they, get to, they see things in you that, that uh, we're, we're the salt of the earth, right? So they see things in us and it makes them thirsty for God. It makes them thirsty for the things of God, like to be better. Um, so that's another avenue you can do too is just start asking people to go out to lunch with them. You know, or hey, come, let's go do lunch. Uh, there's been a lot of times I've done that. And... Uh, not that I was kind of tricking them, but at the same time, I was. I was a wisest serpent, and, and I would implement that during having lunch also. Um, so another one is we must remember that we must live what we preach, right? Because if people see us out and about or see us with somebody else in the restaurant and um, you know we're not acting Christ-like or we're not living what we preach, then why would they want what we're portraying that we have, if we're not any different than the world. I hope that makes sense. Matthew five sixteen says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So the world should see us and see the good works that we're doing, and that should draw them to us and want something that we have. And then we can explain to them what we have and why we have what we have, why we do what we do, and, and things like that. Um, People must see that there's something different about us, and, and I think they will if we do these things. Um, but we should attract people. We should attract godly attention to ourselves. And I think about uh, Joseph, and I think about the godly attraction he brought. Like wherever that man went, God blessed him, and people seen that. You know, people seen that God was blessing him. Pharaoh seen it, and, and the prisoner, or the the jailmen seen it. And uh Potiphar seen it. They seen there's something about Joseph. You know, he says he's a Hebrew, but he also is living it. And not only that, God blesses everything he does. So that attraction, that godly attraction, we ought to do that. And in order to do that, we must live what we preach. Um say what you preach and preach what you live, or something like that. But we, we need to live what we preach. Um, Colossians 3:17, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. I believe that apostolics should be the hardest workers. Um, they should be the ones that are on time for work, last ones to leave, and things like that. And, that, and that's a good witness. Being a good witness helps with giving Bible studies, right? Because if people, like, if we're hypocrites, then why would they want us to sit down and, and mentor them or counsel them or tell them about the Bible? So um, here's a question that last week Brother uh, Lee had asked after I got done. We kind of had a Q&A afterwards. And he asked, he said, you know, what's the determining factor in your life why you're not giving Bible studies, if you're not giving Bible studies? You know, and I thought about that. And um, there was a time, and I still feel this way at times, that... Right away, I did not give Bible studies because I felt like I was not qualified enough to teach a Bible study. I didn't think I knew enough about the Word of God because, you know, I seen other people teach them and, and I just kind of overwhelmed me. And I was like, there's no way that I can sit down and teach a Bible study. But you know what? You know, the best way to learn about the Bible Lord have mercy. The best way to learn about the Bible is to study the Bible and you have to study the Bible to give Bible studies. So when you give Bible studies, you start to read and you start to study the curriculum you're going to give. We'll talk about that a little bit more and that will help you. It sharpens you. Um, so one thing I did because I didn't feel like I was qualified enough, I just jumped in on some Bible studies. You know, I, I would jump in on someone doing a Bible study and I would glean how they taught it. I'd take notes uh, I remember going with Brother uh, Shane, Pastor Paulson, and I would just sit there. He would do a Bible study. I would sit there. I would listen to him. I would take notes, and, and it, it helped me so much. You know, he pulled things out of Scripture and, and the types and shadows of the Old Testament and, and everything else and things I'd never seen before, but then I started studying it, and it just came alive to me. So if you're feeling like that, like, ask yourself, you know, why am I not giving Bible studies um, what, you know, is it because I don't feel confident enough? Is it because I don't think I know enough about the Bible? Is it, you know, am I afraid that I might get someone that might know more than the Bible than me? But one thing we have to remember is we know truth, right? We have the truth, and we have the Holy Ghost. And with those two things, we can give Bible studies. And, and the Holy Ghost will help us to give Bible studies. Um, so if you're feeling like that, jump in on a Bible study. If you know someone that's giving a Bible study, say, hey, do you mind if I just sit down with you? And, and it will help. I mean, I learned so much with Pastor Polson when he taught. And I know he, he's, um, the way he teaches Bible studies is, is a little bit different. It's pretty dynamic. And I know him and Brother Sletton had went up to um, Kansas City with Brother Cornwell, and they, they learned how to give Bible studies. And, and there's different ways of teaching Bible studies. So, like, one way is not the right way all the time. You know, one thing you got to realize is you, you incorporate your personality with it. Um, but if you were here today and you're like, you know, I just don't feel like I'm confident enough. I don't know enough about the Bible. Jump in on a Bible study, start taking notes. And pretty soon the goal is, is for you to start doing Bible studies, right? That's the goal is for us to all to do Bible studies in one way, one avenue or another, whether it's sitting down or just witnessing to somebody and be able to expand on the scriptures, but just consistently doing those things, um, So tips, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish with this. Tips on giving Bible studies. So these are just a couple things that I've learned and I do not know everything about giving Bible studies. Okay. Here's one thing I did realize about giving Bible studies is there just like with everything in life, there's seasons, there's seasons with Bible studies. There's times where I had two or three Bible studies going on at once. And there's times where I didn't have any Bible studies going on. And I'm just itching and itching to give one. I'm like, man, God put someone in my path. You know, let me add them. Let, let me give a Bible study. And I would just be so hungry for a Bible study. Um, but there, sometimes you have them and sometimes you don't. So I'm not like sitting here saying, you have to get a Bible study. If you're not getting a Bible study, you know, there are seasons to this. Uh, but some tips on giving a Bible study. The first one would be that there is seasons to it, but consistently you always want to strive uh, to get a Bible study. Um, one is this is it's not about when you do get a Bible study and you're doing a, you know, exploring God's Word or search for truth. It's not about, in my opinion, how much material you can shovel down their throat in the, of, in the time that you have, right? right? Uh, it's not about just like, I got to get through the material and I got to get through this lesson. Uh, I teach Exploring God's Word, and some of those lessons I've literally been weeks on, weeks upon weeks. And there's no way that I can teach one lesson, one even part of a lesson in one sitting. So it's not about the quality or quantity of Scripture that you're giving them and material, but maybe the quality of it. Because you want it to stick, and you want them to learn, because in order for us to teach Bible studies or be a teacher, someone must be learning. Um, so it's not about all the material you can just shove down their throat as fast as you can just to get through the lesson. Um, the last Bible study we just did, we just got done with it th- two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and it took nine months. It took nine months. And, and there were some weeks that we took off due to weather and sickness, but it took a solid nine months to do it. And it was great. I loved it. Next one is be respectful of their time. Okay, be respectful of the person's time. Uh, and what I mean by that is when I do a Bible study, I try not to go over 40 minutes of time with them. Because some people's attention spans don't last that long. I mean, if I sit down for half an hour, you're going to lose me. Just like I'm losing a lot of people right now. I'm about 23 minutes in, no, 25 minutes into this maybe. Um, but be respectful of people's time because people's time is precious. And obviously we want to teach them scripture but uh, if you're sitting down for three hours, you're probably going to, you might lose them after the first 20 minutes. And, and one thing I realized also is, is be aware of how the person is that you're teaching a Bible study. Pay attention to them. Are they are they checked out? You know, are they checked out? Are they looking over here? Are they not interested? And, and uh, you know, a lot of times I like to get them to read so they can kind of stay in tune and stay focused with it. Uh, but 40 minutes is, is, is my kind of rule of thumb. Not saying that that's doctrine or anything, but... Another one is, if at all possible, end the Bible study on a cliffhanger. Like, like get them to want to come back for more, you know. So usually on my first lesson, I'll go through the, the six days of creation. On the seventh day, it was, you know, God rested on the seventh day, and, and he was complete with his creation, and we're not complete until we have the rest in our life, and then I'll stop it, and I'll be done. And I'll say, well, next week, we're going to talk about the rest and what the rest is and how we can feel complete in our life. But, I, you know, it, you can't always do that. But if you can, leave it on a cliffhanger. Like, want them to come back for more. Like, that, you know, get them excited. Get them to want to come back. Uh, another one is try your very best, and this is when I learned the hard way, try your very best not to cancel the Bible studies, if at all possible. Be as consistent as possible with that. You know, because all it takes is you know two weeks of canceling, and then pretty soon the Bible study's kind of done. It's kind of lukewarm. It it, it never gets going again. Um, be organized when you show up. You know, have the Bible ready. Have your, your markers in your Bible, and have things ready. Uh, be excited about the Bible study. Text. One thing I usually do, and is I'll text the person the day of the Bible study. I'll text the morning, say, hey. You know, I'm excited about the Bible study this evening. Looking forward to it. Can't wait for it. You know, get them excited. Remind them that there's a Bible study. You know, meet you at the church or meet you at my house at whatever time. um, Just to get them excited and just a friendly reminder that you're doing a Bible study. Um, Next point, don't be boring. Don't be boring. You know, years ago we were in a minister's training, and I can't remember who said this. This was probably maybe even eight years ago. Um, he was teaching on preaching and teaching uh, the word of God and to, for ministers teaching. And he said this. He said, there is no excuse for a minister to be boring. And at that point in my ministry, I was, a very, and I, I was a very boring person. And I might be boring today, but don't tell me that. But the reason why I was boring is because I was not very confident and I would literally go up to the pulpit And just want to hurry up and get it done. Nothing like I am now. (laughs) I'd go up there to say my notes, and I'd be gone. And you guys are probably wishing I'd do that right now, right? But he, when he said that, it was so profound. I was like, "Oh my word, I'm boring, and there's no excuse to be boring." And it's the same way I think with Bible studies. Like, don't be boring. This is God's word. You're explaining like the best thing. In the world to them. You're explaining the gospel, how they can enter into the kingdom of heaven, how they can have peace and joy, how they can have a a better relationship with their spouse or with their kids. And, you know, so don't be boring, you know, get prepared, get them excited for things. Uh, Next one, study beforehand, know your material when you go into the Bible study. Okay, I understand life happens sometimes, and, and you know there have been times where in my Bible studies where literally I didn't have time to study, I would just go in there, and it, I do not try to make that a habit. If at all possible, study your material. Know what you're teaching. Don't go in there and be unorganized and just wing it. Do not wing it. Like I said, this is the best thing. We've we got to take this seriously. This is the most important thing that you will teach. One of the most important things, he'll teach someone in, in that day, in, in that day. Um, I remember Brother Chuppy when he said he did his first Bible study, he said he was so nervous that he studied uh, the curriculum. He studied it and studied and highlighted it, and took notes. I actually, I have a copy somewhere at my house of the first Bible study he ever, he, uh, that he ever taught. And, and, I mean, it was littered with notes. I mean, his handwriting, he's got doctor's handwriting, so I can't even read it. And it's all this cursive everywhere. And, you know, he teaches, he tells a story that when he did, he studied and studied. And when he taught that Bible study, he didn't even look down at the notes because he knew it. He knew it so good because he studied it and studied it. And the more you do Bible studies, like, the easier it gets. And you'll start getting... Your, uh, your candy sticks, you'll start getting a niche for it. You'll, you'll start getting, you'll know the foreshadowing, the type and shadows. You'll know in Genesis 3 where to go. You'll, you'll know the, you know, it's fun. You'll know about the stories of Esau and Jacob, the, you know, the, the old man and the new man in the parallel. And you can start, ta- you know, you can start um, describing those things. Um, so just study. Study and know your material. Don't show up not knowing it if at all possible. And I'm, I'm coming close to closing. The landing gear is down. So if you put your chairs upright and your table trays upward, that'd be great. Last One of the last ones, there will be times that the Bible study turns into a counseling ses- session. Excuse me. So there's times where you'll show up and the person that you're giving a Bible study will kind of not be all there. You could tell there's something bugging them and you might just ask them how their day went and they might just unload on you. And that's okay, right? That's okay, because you can turn that into a counseling session. You can just listen, and you can, you can listen to them, and, and that will help them a lot. So it's remember, it's not always about like, okay, we've got to get the Bible study. And there's a proper balance with this, but I've experienced where people have come in to the Bible study, and um, they were not there. You can tell they were checked out. There was something going on. I've stopped it. I shut it down. I said, hey, you know, what's going on? How's it going? Matter of fact... There was one time, uh, Perry and his fiancee, we were doing a Bible study downstairs, and he, you can just tell, was going through something. He was going through something, really. And I I can tell there was something off. And you know what? I I, I shut it down kind of soon. I don't know how long we went. And I said, you know, is there something going on, Perry? And he's like, man, I've had the hardest day today. And he started opening up and started to um, vent on me. And this kind of gets me into the next point, is we have to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. we got to be prayed up, and we got to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Because as soon as Perry said that, I knew what was going on. And I said, Perry, and I explained to him, I said, what you're going through is the enemy is attacking you. Because God's going to do something. And I said, God's going to do something right now. I said, what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And as we started praying... His hands started shaking. And he started literally shaking. And as we're praying, God filled them with the Holy Ghost for the very first time. And, and he and after we got said and done, he was like, I feel so much better. He's like, there was just something wrong all day. And he's like, now it's like the burden's off of my shoulders. And he said, because the enemy knew what was gonna happen tonight. He knew that you're going to a Bible study. And so be sensitive to God's spirit. Sometimes it'll, it'll turn into a counseling session. There was another time I, I was teaching on Joseph. And as I was teaching on Joseph, we were, I was concluding the story of how Joseph's brothers, you know, they, they turned their back on him. They betrayed him. They sold him. But Joseph forgot, you know, forgave him. And he said, you know, what you guys with enemy meant for evil, God turned to good. And I'm, you know, I'm teaching this, right? And I look up, and she's sitting there, and she's weeping. I mean, she is bawling. Right, and I didn't even know it, and I I shut the Bible study down, and I said, "You know what? I think we need to pray. We need to pray because the Holy Ghost and what you feel." And she never experienced anything like that before. She was an older lady. She was actually one of my customers. We were downstairs in the in the um, youth room, and I said, "What you feel is the Holy Ghost." And I said, "What we're going to do is we're going to pray right now," and we prayed, and, and the Holy Ghost just fell in that room. So be sensitive to God's Spirit. And, 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 like, be aware of what's going on. And it's okay to, if you don't get through your material, it's okay if you don't even do the Bible studies sometimes. There's a proper balance with it all. But just kind of remember that. And, you know, I will say this. I'm putting the landing gear back up, okay? I'm just saying that right now. We're not landing for a little bit. <laughs> the first time I meet with my Bible studies like the first lesson we do, we I don't even get into the lesson. We sit down, and I'm a very awkward person. <laughs> so what do I do? I just we just talk. You know, I ask them how their day goes, and then I tr- and here's another point that leads me to my next point is I see where they're at spiritually. I see why they wanted the Bible study, why they came to church, if that's where I met them. Um, I see how much of the Bible they know. I ask them, you know, are you familiar with the Bible? Do you know the stories of like Adam and Eve, Jonah? You know, I just kind of feel around and see where they're at. The first lesson is just talking and see where they're at, see where we're going to start. And then the second time we meet up, I'll get into the lesson um, where we should start. And usually it's always at the beginning, but just kind of I have an avenue to pray more and, and more areas to study and stuff like that. So find out where they're at. Spiritually, Be sensitive to God's spirit. And one of my last points, it's okay to not have an answer for them if they ask a question. Okay? It's okay not to have an answer for them. I've had plenty of people ask me questions for, of the, and I had no idea what the answer was. You know? It, when, I, when it first happened to me, I would sit there and try to like con, conjure up an answer. But I, now the way I, I handle it is, you know what? I don't know exactly what the answer is, but I will study it out. And uh, if I d- can't find it, I will find someone that does know and I'll get back to you on it. You know, well, I'm human just like you. I, I don't know all the answers. And I think that's good sometimes to show them, hey, look, I don't know all the answers. And, and uh, yeah, I'm here teaching you, but it doesn't mean I know everything also. Um, let's all stand. And the last point, which I mentioned already earlier is uh you know anybody i'm trying to do a bible study with or even just trying to get a bible study with i try to make it a point once a month to go out for lunch with them to go out for lunch no strings attached we're just going to go out to lunch we're going to talk we're going to have fun We're going to eat some tacos i've given i've given a lot of bible studies over some tacos and that's the will of the lord <laughs> that's the will of the lord but I, that's one of the things I try to do is try to get them out. It gets them out of their element, gets them out of their shell. It, it, it makes them realize, hey, you're human too. Because if you get a Bible study where they've been to our church before, they might think that, you know, we're so holy and we can't have fun because we're separated or whatever they're thinking. You sit down, and you're, you know, hey, I, I struggle just like you. We have kids that don't listen just like you. I have tough days just like you. And you, you talk to them. You build up a relationship because that's the main thing right? And that's where that prayer comes in for, for souls and getting a hunger for souls where you'll want to go do lunch. And it, I tell you what, the first time I ever did that, I was so nervous. Like I stressed all day long because I had to go to lunch with someone and I actually initiated it and said, hey, you want to go to lunch? And I'm thinking, I'm going to have to think of things to say. I'm going to have to, you know, who's going to buy the meal? You know, you think all these weird things and and you kind of build it up. But you but you get over that hurdle, and it becomes easier. And then God gives you that, that hunger for souls and hunger for Bible studies. But I hope that helped tonight. And if you're not in a Bible study, please, I'm not, I'm not um, getting after you or anything. I'm just trying to encourage you in a godly way that, hey, let's try to get some Bible studies. There are seasons to this. Um, but at all means, let's just be out getting Bible studies, giving Bible studies, and being about our Father's business. Amen? Let's pray. God, we love you we magnify your precious name. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this time of fellowship. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done. We plead your precious blood, God, over your saints. God, that you give us a desire and a hunger for souls, that you would put hungry people in our path. God, that we would minister to them. We'd be an example. We'd be a light. We'd be the salt of the earth. We thank you for everything that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.